when it comes to studying. And I have this verse that has just really been on my mind, and then I heard it again this week, and I just, this is what I want to share with you. So I want to read it first, and then we'll get right into it, yeah? It's actually uh, out of uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says this, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning exchange, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And there are two things that I believe are related here and two words or phrases that I want us to just talk about today. And the two phrases are enduring. It says that Jesus endured the cross. Today, I mean, we have to endure. If I have to sit one more day in my house, I don't know how I'll be able to endure that. It's driving me crazy. I just want to get out and run on the beach, you know, things like that. I know that you feel the same way. And, and so how do we endure? How did Jesus endure the cross? There was such suffering. And then the other uh, verse is, or the other phrase is, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Endurance is a very strange thing. I mean, just look at the situation uh, about when Jesus was crucified. Only a week before Jesus was crucified, Jesus came in on a donkey. It says that he sat on a donkey and everybody took out their uh, palm branches. That's why we call it Palm Sunday. And they were waving him and they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna to the king. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. They were, they were shouting. They were like rooting for Jesus. I mean, here he was on a donkey and he's coming in and yet all the people were going crazy just uh, excited for him and then as days go by the Pharisees get in there and they begin to get the the people to start thinking about other things they start talking about who the oppressor is and 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 before (laughs) before seven days go by Jesus is standing there uh, next to Barabbas with Pilate right there. And Pilate says, who do you want? Do you want Barabbas, this murderer, this, this one who, I don't know, he's just a murderer, I'll just say it that way. And then you have, or Jesus, the one who is called the Messiah. Which one? And the same people who were crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, were then crying out, crucify him, crucify him. And so what kind of endurance does that say about these people? So, so how did Jesus endure the cross? How did he get through it? Now, it does say that he actually had joy. He had joy? I mean, how was that possible? And so I really want us to go back to this idea of the eyes. I really want to concentrate on the eyes today because we have different senses and and one of them is our eyes. And I think this is what this verse is talking about. He's saying, fixing your eyes on Jesus or fixing your eyes on something. What are you fixing your eyes on? I would actually say to you that what you are looking at will actually determine the direction that you take. What you're focusing on will actually direct uh, your, your decisions. For example, you know, I, I mean, you're driving on your, with your Cepeda motor, and I don't know if you, I've done it, where you're driving and all of a sudden you see something and you start looking over. And as you start watching something over here, 
you don't even realize that all of a sudden you start going in that direction. What you focus your eyes on kind of determines the direction you go. And so it actually also influences, you might not even realize this, but what you look at influences the very decisions and motivates the decisions that you make. For example, I mean, we know this crazy thing right now, this I don't even like to say the name of this virus. I, it doesn't even deserve a name. So this thing that we're dealing with, right? Are you looking at it every day? Are you looking at the reports every day? Are you focusing on all of these things? Because as you focus on that, it actually will determine your direction. Or are you fixing your eyes upon Jesus? See, there's a big difference between focusing on your problem, focusing on your situation, rather than focusing on the one who can fix your situation. That's the key. You must focus on the one who will fix it because if you do, your decisions, your direction, what motivates you will change you. You know, if we're always looking all around rather than focusing, you know, they actually teach uh, runners when they sprint, especially the sprinters who are doing like the 100-meter uh, dash. Uh, they actually teach them never to look to their right or left at, and at what's around them because if they do, it slows them down immediately. As soon as they turn, their eyes are to be focused upon the finish line, and that's the only thing that they are supposed to be looking at when they're running. They can't worry about, even if there's people in front of them, they say, do not look at them because it will slow you down. What are your eyes fixed on? Now, we know that this was a crazy thing that within one month, it seemed like just everything shut down. This, this, this situation happened, this virus came, and, and, and I, I think it's a lot like this. When you're outside and it's like really sunny out, when it's really sunny out, and you walk into a, a, into a room that's dark, when you first walk in, man, you, you, you can't see anything. You're like, wow, there's so much darkness in there. But if you kind of close your eyes and you start like kind of adjusting your eyes, just letting them adjust to the situation, and then you open them, all of a sudden you see so much more than you did when you first walked in. I believe that's what's happening right now. When the evil one comes in, he wants to kind of throw this darkness on you so that you just see darkness and you're like, oh no, I can't see anything. Well, how about you try this? Close your eyes. Begin to focus your heart and your thoughts upon Jesus, the one who is the author and finisher of your face. It says actually in Hebrews chapter 12, he's the one fixing your eyes on him. Focus your eyes. Close your eyes. Spend some time in this place. And I believe that when you open your eyes, you'll begin to see things in a whole different way. Do you realize that some of the very things that you have asked for are available to you right now? Maybe you have been working too much. Maybe you've been in the office 12 hours a day doing all kinds of stuff in the office and you've said, boy, I'd really like to spend some time with my kids. And then when you're home, the kids are at school. Not anymore. God has actually given you the answer. See, you got to stop looking at the problem. Start looking at what God is giving you right in front of you. I'm telling you, 
since when it first happened, I'll be honest with you, when this thing first happened, I saw darkness too. But now, all I begin to do is start seeing all these different things that God is doing throughout the world, all the things that God is doing. Every time the evil one tries to uh, get in the way of God's plan, he just helps God's plan. Trust me, when's the last time you saw millions of churches online? Oh, no, 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 no. Many, 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 many churches were not online. Now, all of a sudden, they're online. Guess who has cell phones? Guess who has handphones all around the world? Almost everyone. The word of God is going out. I am so excited about this. I am so excited because whatever the evil one throws in, he just helps God's plan. Trust me, he's doing that. He's doing that in your life right now. If you just take your eyes off the problem, and put your eyes upon the one, the author and finisher of their faith. That's what I believe was happening in that time with Jesus. The people, they kept looking. You know, they, they wanted to deliver. There was oppression going around. The, the Roman Empire was oppressing them. And all their eyes were on were their oppressors. We want to be free from them. We want to be free from them. We want to be free from them. All they kept doing was looking at their oppressor. It's one of the reasons why they did pick Barabbas, because Barabbas was a revolutionary. And that's why sometimes we look to politics or we look to other systems to try to uh, fix our problems. And I'll just quote what I said last week. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Those are dead things. They are not going to bring life. Only Jesus will bring life. Trust him. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Here is Jesus, and here is Barabbas, right? The people are right there. They're focused on their oppressor. And Pilate says, behold, Jesus, the one who is called the Messiah, and they can't see him. Mary comes to the tomb. She's full of grief. All she keeps thinking is, Jesus is dead. Jesus is dead. And then she starts thinking, Jesus is not here. He's gone. He's missing. Her eyes and her mind are focused on these things, not focused upon what Jesus said. And Jesus stands right before Mary and she doesn't recognize him. Two men are walking along the Emmaus Road, they call it. They're walking along this road. Jesus had died, and they keep talking about the news. They keep thinking about it. They keep focusing on all the situations. Who comes walking up next to them? Jesus. Do they recognize him? No. You know what? Just take a second right now. If you're listening to this, just take a second right now and close your eyes. Just close your eyes and start focusing on things around you. The home that God given, give, has given you, the place you got to stay, your children, your wife, the food you had for breakfast. God is providing everything that you need. Even if someone is helping you, God is providing. And so you need to start looking at what God is doing around you. You all heard that joke, that, that story about the man who asked for uh, uh, help and he was getting ready to drown and he was on the roof and the flood was coming up and he said, God save me. And God, all of a sudden this uh, guy comes on a rowboat, here, get in. No, God will save me. And then a helicopter comes and they said, here, get in the helicopter. He said, no, God, God I trust that God will save me. 
and then he dies and he goes to heaven? He says, what the heck, God, you didn't save me. He goes, I sent you a boat. I sent you a helicopter. God has put things all around you. You just need to see them. You need to begin to look closely at what's going on. It's funny. Here's Peter. He's in the boat. All the seas are going, and they are all nervous. They're, everyone is, is, uh, is afraid they're going to die. And it says what? They looked, and they saw what they thought was a ghost. It was like blurry. They weren't able to see what was walking on the water. But Peter kept focusing. Peter kept asking. Peter kept looking. And finally says, God, show me. Is it you? And he gets to see Jesus on the water. Close your eyes. Ask God to begin to show you all the things that he's doing in your life right now. I guarantee you, you'll be able to see things in a different light. I want to share this one other thought with you, and it's both this eye fixing means to focus your eyes. But can I just change that a little bit and use the word fixing like memperbike, like having your eyes actually fixed, like meaning you can't see and then you can see. For those that know, just uh, last summer we were out and we were doing a medical mission. A woman walked in and she couldn't see, literally could not see. And they prayed for her, and she walked out seeing. God can fix your eyes. Now, I'm not talking about, if you're blind out there, in Jesus' name, be healed right now. I believe it. I'll say it. And, and if you just, there's a number on the screen, comes up every now and then, dial in. We'll pray for you. If you have eye problems right now, I think you should dial in, and we will pray for you right now for your eyes to him physically fix your eyes. But that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about having your eyes fixed, meaning change and so you can see things clearer and better how did that happen well the disciples after jesus died what did they do they went into the upper room and as they were in the upper room they spent 10 days of prayer how did their eyes get fixed how did their eyes get fixed the holy spirit fell down upon them, and they began to see things like they've never saw before because the Holy Spirit baptized them in power. Let the Holy Spirit come down and baptize you in power, and you will get your eyes fixed, fixed in a whole new way. It went from Peter. Here's Peter, right? What happens to Peter? Peter comes in. He follows Jesus in where he's going to be uh, tried and crucified. What happens? He denies Jesus three times. I'll never deny you, Jesus says. He denies Jesus three times. The third time, he denied him to a little girl. That's how afraid he was of, uh, of people at that point. All he could see was danger. And then he spends 10 days. You have 10 days now. You have opportunities to pray. You have, we have prayer meetings. We'll have communion tonight. We'll be praying tonight. We have prayer meetings on Monday nights. We have prayer meetings on Friday nights. Come join us. Just connect with us, and we'll connect you up in these places. Pray 10 days. Let the Holy Spirit fall down upon your heart. When he does, woo, something will change in you, just like Peter did. And what happened with Peter? After he came out of the upper room, he no longer was afraid of a little girl. 
He no longer was afraid of the guards. He stood in front of thousands of people and began to testify of the goodness of God. And there was danger during that time, and he was no longer afraid of the danger. There was darkness that time. There was no, he was no longer afraid of the darkness. There was, there was all kinds of reasons for him not to stand up. But because of the power of the Holy Spirit, he could see that people needed Jesus. And so today, I want to encourage you. You want to fix your eyes? You want to endure? Then start asking the Holy Spirit to come down and change your innermost being. Are you worried about not having enough money? Are you worried about uh, maybe you're not going to make it through? Are you have all these worries and cares and your eyes keep thinking about them and looking at them over and over again? You need to get touched by the Holy Spirit right now. Right now, you need to get touched by it. You know what? I'm going to even encourage you. Shut me off right now and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come in and change your life. This is what God has been doing. Actually, for me, I've been stuck in my house. I'm telling you, I've been closer to God than I've ever been. I'm spending time in the Word. I'm spending time in prayer. I'm, I'm, I'm studying the Word. I'm getting filled up, and I'm getting excited for who God is and what He is doing. We're getting testimonies coming in. We've already started seeing people getting touched. We are excited. See, all right, I think I've said this before, but I'll say it again. The question is this. Do you want to be a thermometer or do you want to be a thermostat? A thermometer sits on the wall, and depending on the temperature of the room, when it's hot, it goes up. When it's cold, it goes down. It changes determined uh, upon the outside forces that it receives. But a thermostat is a bit different. A thermostat says, this room will be a certain temperature. And no matter how strong the heat comes in, that thermostat says, I'm going to push harder and you will not invade my territory. This is what God is calling us to do as a people of God, as ICCIFGF, as, as the people who are to be the light of the world. So I ask right now that you let the Holy Spirit pour out in your life. You let the Holy Spirit come down and begin to change and fix what you see. Last thought, and then I'll close. And that's this. It says, for the joy set before him. Let me tell you how Jesus fixed his eyes. He was in the garden, the Garden of Gethsemane, it's called. And there he was praying. His friends weren't praying with him. His friends were sleeping. The friends really weren't helping him, and he was going through a great struggle all, all by himself. And what did he say? He said, Father, if there's any other way, if, there, if I don't have to be crucified, if there's any other way to save them, you know, or to deliver them, do it now, Lord God. And what happens? He finally surrenders to the will of God. He surrenders to God's will. And he says what? Not my will, Lord. Thy will be done. And when he does that, something changes in him. And I believe that what God did, now I'm just speculating, but I believe all of a sudden, Jesus went from thinking about the pain that he was going to suffer to the joy he was going to have when he saw you and me in heaven. When he saw you and me able to get 
uh, out of uh, and get back into the garden as we've been talking about the last few weeks, to be able to have life poured into you, to be as close to his, his brothers and sisters that he's never been before. And all of a sudden, his eyes went from himself onto others. And I believe that's the last thing that will happen to you when you begin to get filled with the Holy Spirit and you surrender to God. Your eyes will stop getting, stop, stop getting off yourself, stop getting off your situation, stop getting off your problems, and begin to start focusing upon others. Focusing upon spending more time with your wife and letting her uh, be blessed by your presence. Focusing more time on your husband so that he can all of a sudden realize how much he's loved by his wife. Spending more time with your kids and having joy about this. Not worrying about your bank account because you know God will take care of you. As a matter of fact, you go from worrying about it to giving out like you've never given out before. I believe God can do that in your life. I believe God will do that in your life. And I just want to encourage you to get filled up with the Holy Spirit. I want you to have a blessed time. I want to pray for this release in your heart and in your life. So I want to pray for you right now uh, that God will come over you. And as I do, I just want you to lift up your hands. I just want you to just put your cup of coffee down right now. Lift up your hands, and I want you to receive this power from on high. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you got us through good times. You got us through other tough times. This is nothing for you, Lord God. Father, you are using what the devil meant for evil, Lord God, you will turn it around to be a blessing for the world. I believe this with all my heart. And right now, for those that are struggling, fix their eyes right now, Lord. Memper bikey their eyes. Change them, Lord God. Fix them right now so that they begin to see your plan, your will, your way. Father, the habits that they have had, Lord God, of focusing upon things that, that are not going to help them bring life into their life. Father, right now, I pray you, you break those habits in Jesus' name, that, Lord God, they would begin to focus upon you, the author and finisher of their faith, that, Lord God, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Hallelujah. And now he sits at the right hand of God, and even as I say that in Jesus' name, even as I say that, God just gave me another thing. It says, if for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and then God, what? Sat, he sat down at the right hand of God. What happens when you begin to get that release? God takes you from this low place, and he begins to raise you up. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as wings as eagles. They will begin to fly over things. You will be seated high above these things, and you will have a much better perspective. God bless you. Have a great day. Enjoy those around you. Amen.